confidence, which is with faith. And that faith comes from the belief in yourself. And with the circumvent go all the way back around, you cannot believe in something that you have not invested in. You have to make the appropriate investments in yourself. Welcome to Just Truck It. Uh, today is a very special episode. Um, at the school, we see students every day going through issues mentally, um, self-doubt, overthinking. Um, obviously, when tests are coming, nerves, stress, pressure, all of those things play a factor. When you're trained properly, you have plenty of time in practice, um, and you're not confident in your own abilities, those issues will really start to hurt you on a test or as well at your trucking company or any future endeavor. So um, what we want to do is spend some time today talking about mental toughness, uh, confidence. Uh, we're going to speak with a motivational speaker. He's a former Olympian, four-time national judo champion. He has a PhD in education, Dr. Roddy Ferguson. Um, Mr. Ferguson has, has been in sports, martial arts, he's played for Howard. Um, he's just an all-around great guy. He's a uh, great coach, and we want to speak with him today and kind of uh, get some feedback from him on some tips and tricks and ways that we can overcome this and to positively think instead of negatively think. So, hope you enjoy. Welcome, Dr. Ferguson. How are you doing today? Absolutely fantastic, Sean. Thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I'm actually glad you're here. Uh, uh, you're a wonderful, wonderful speaker, and uh, you've taught me a lot uh, through the years, and, and hopefully we can pass some of your great knowledge uh, and, and wisdom. You know, wisdom is the actually application of it. Knowledge is just knowing it, but wisdom uh, to everyone that's watching. I remember... Uh... That one, uh, without getting into specifics, that one night in the dojo where I had to allow you to slap me on the hand so that we could make everything look good. <laughs> and Those uh, were the days. No, but that, that's the exercising of the wisdom of knowing what fights to fight and knowing what fights not to fight. And yeah, you have to pick them and choose them. You have to pick them and choose them. And being a warrior doesn't mean that you go to war all the time. Being a warrior means that you understand if this juice ain't worth the squeeze, don't squeeze it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't say it better myself. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So what do we got today, man? What's the topic? So what I want to talk about is um, obviously, you know, having a school, we have students here all the time um, that have sometimes some issues mentally getting over things or understanding things. Um, and then also once they leave here and they go into this new career, new job, um, you know, life has a way of throwing you curveballs. Life has a way of, uh, especially in, a, in an industry that is so kind of old school um, and the world can change, but sometimes philosophies don't, you know, and understanding that. And like you just said, knowing when to pick and choose those battles is, is, is crucial there. So uh, one of the things um, starting out is obviously when they're here, 
is the overthinking and self-doubt that plays a factor into their every day. You know, I, I know a lot of information is coming at them at once. There's a lot of stuff that they're having to learn. Um, but, you know, obviously the negative aspect starts to come in their head. Like Bruce Lee said, you know, you start talking negative about yourself, you, you start to believe it, you know? Um, so self-doubt and things like that are, 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 are always a play. Sean, I had this conversation last night with my girlfriend. I had this conversation in the dojo on Wednesday, and we're having this conversation again. And it's a conversation of messaging. So there's there's actually two types of messages that you get. There's the internal message that you give yourself. And then there's the external messaging that comes in. Now, the external messaging that comes in for a lot of you all who are who, who are drivers and, and, and you, you, you usually, you're usually listening to something or taking in something. And, and I'm, I'm going to make a um, I'm going to make a parallel here in terms of your health also when you're listening. But but after I make this particular point, you consume material through your eye gate, through your ear gate and through your mouth gate. The things that you watch, the things that you listen to, and the things that you take in and how you speak through the gate of your mouth affect how you govern yourself and how you behave through the, what we call the mind-body connection. We're not going to get into all that scientific stuff. But the, the number one key of you being able to be motivated is taking in the right extrinsic motivation so that it can transfer and become intrinsic motivation so that you can actually motivate yourself. So what can I do to fix those things, Dr. Ferguson? Here's the first thing that you can do. The first thing you, you can do is you have to speak positively over your life and over your day. You tell yourself, John, man, we're getting ready to ride these 300 miles a day. They're gonna be absolutely perfect. Um, I, I have my plan laid out. I've done my inspections. I know where I, I need to go. I'm, I, I've talked to my, my kids this morning. I talked to my wife or I talked to my girlfriend this morning. I got another check-in call at 12 and I'm going to have an absolutely fantastic day today. And even the hurdles that are in place are put in place to make my legs, my spiritual legs, and my emotional legs strong. So when I get through the day, I'll be better today than I was yesterday. So you have to speak over yourself. Man, how many times a day? I tell people, Give yourself positive affirmations, what we call them, in the, in the morning, middle of the day, and at night. Always give yourself positive affirmations. Second thing, what can you do? Man, the things that you listen to, like listening to the Truck It podcast or positive things like that will actually help you become a better person. Listening to motivational speakers, listening to my podcast, uh, uh, Coffee with Radhi, listening to other podcasts or motivational speakers or quality audio books that are going to help you and develop your character and your person, those things are important in terms of what you put in your ear gate. Now, in terms of the eye gate, man, I have traveled all up and down the United States before. I've been in and out of the country. I've traveled internationally. I I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that I am, am super, super familiar with the trucking industry. Uh, I got I've, I've talked to Sean about it. So I got a pretty good idea about what type of things are available for the eye gate at times. That's the best way I'm going to say it. You have <laughs> you have to take control of your eye gate too, because governing yourself 
with personal integrity is very difficult to do and it's hard to live a life of duality and what happens is you could tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself in terms of your personal affirmations you can look at whatever you want to look at but if your life in and of itself is going in the opposite direction and it's not the truth and it's a lie that life of duality is not going to allow you to live the, you, the way you need to live now i'm not here to talk about spiritual uprightness what i'm here to talk about is unidirectional focus yeah, it's all got to line up. It's all, it has to line up. It has it had it has to line up. So when we talk about the eye gate, if if reading scripture is your thing, then do it. If if reading positive messaging is your thing, then do it. If if having a a vision board inside of your truck that you pull from under the seat for a moment, gaze at it for ninety seconds during a stop during the day or a minute to keep yourself focused on the things that are important to you in terms of health, wealth, and relationships, then those are the things you do. Keep your mind away from viewing the things that are not in harmony with what your desired end point and goal is. For those of you all who are in the trucking industry who are married, if your desired end goal is to be sitting on the porch with your wife in a rocking chair at 80 and to have your kids come visit you, then make sure that everything that you say during the day, everything that you watch during the day, everything that you hear during the day and everything that you put in your mouth is going to allow you to do those particular things. Yeah, that vision board idea is, is priceless. I, I love it. Yeah, short-term and long-term. Yes, man. And, and a, lot of, a lot of people in the trucking industry have a picture of their children on the dashboard, which is great. Here's the issue with that. Your kids are getting older. Whatever picture you have on there is no longer the vision. That's what already happened. You have to create a vision of what you want your family to look like and what do you want it to be. So it's cool to have pictures as reminders, but that's not your vision board. Yeah, That is a reminder. I'm not saying remove that. That's great. But you need something else to nourish the vision. Like you, you, you don't work for the purpose to just keep working. You work for the purpose to retire. So cut out that, that picture of the condo on Brickle in Miami and put it in your car, put it in your, in your truck and look at it. L look, look at the, the, the vacation spot that you want to go and you're going to get some time on. Look at, look at the colleges that you would like to send your, your child to. That's why you're doing what you do. You, yeah, that, that's funny you said that because like on my phone, like you, you you know how you turn it on. Well, I got my kids and my wife on, on, on the front screen, but then once I open it, the background's that car I really want. Exactly. That, exactly. that one that costs a lot of money, but it's, it's that one I really want one day. Well, I mean, you got to have something to remind you every day of what you want. So mine says, mine says, I'm a boss. I never give up. I make no excuses. I push through. I get it done. I take action. I'm confident. I accept that bad things happen to good people. I know that great things are happening for me. I'm focused. I'm unstoppable. And I got my switch on. And that's, and when I open up my phone, I'm not giving you anything that I don't do. Yeah. Man, Sean, I tell you, in some cases, I'm a little bit over the top, but I'd rather be over the top than on the bottom, baby. You understand what I'm saying? That, 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 you are. That, 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 I don't, I do not want to ever have somebody say that I'm normal. I want to be extraordinary. And in order to be extraordinary, you have to do the extra. 
now. I said I was going to tie this whole piece into the health and wellness thing. And here's what I do know. Um, I don't know if you get, have my whole background from Sean, but I went to the Olympics in 2004. Uh, I'm also a strength and conditioning professional. I'm a, I'm a judo coach. Or I do mixed martial arts consulting. Uh, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu co coach. But I also taught uh, exercise science, kinesiology, and nutrition at the University of Tampa and the University of Central Florida. And here's what I know from coaching people who have been in the CDL industry. You all are very similar to teachers and how your day is structured. So yeah, yeah. when we talk about the, when we talk about being, being able to be motivated, it is very difficult to be able to be motivated when we strip ourselves down to our pure nakedness, no matter if it's emotionally or physically, and we see something that is not in line with how we want to be. Now, there's nobody who's comfortable being 310 pounds, 285, 270, but these are things that are really hard to overcome in the CDL industry because of the amount of time that you're sitting. And it's outside of what's, what's normal for human behavior. Humans need to be able to move and to, to be ambulatory and to run and to, and kids need to be what they call brachiate, which is swing from the, the monkey bars on the playground. Like those are things that we need to do because of the mind body connection. The most difficult part is when you're we're driving is you don't have the option to move as much as you need to, to release the endorphins for you to be happy for you to feel like you are motivated to keep doing what you need to do. You have to take control of your mouth gate. And what happens is it's very difficult in the CDL industry because you all confuse hunger with thirst. The problem is that you can't drink the one and two gallons of water like you need to because you can't take bathroom breaks all the time because you won't get to where you need to go. Yeah, I'm going to let the secret out for people who aren't in the CDL industry. We know that you pee inside the car, okay? But that thing also fills up too after a while. And some of you guys who are veterans have two or three of them in there, Okay. But you still got to keep everything clean. And a little piss sometimes goes over in the seat and it gets a little pissy up front. And that's no good. Nobody likes that either. Okay. But you don't have the time to keep urinating like that. So what happens is you confuse thirst with hunger. Once you confuse thirst with hunger, then you make decisions which are poor decisions because you, you find yourself in what we call a have mercy situation where you find yourself so hungry and depleted that you say, Lord, have mercy. I just need a burger or I need a Whopper or I need it. And then you grab these particular things and then before you know it, without moving, you find yourself in a situation where, and some of you have said this before, I'm not happy with how I look. And once you get to the point where you're not happy with how you look, it's very difficult for you to stay motivated. Now, let me tie all these things in because a lot of people you are listening and, and I've studied a lot of industries. Say a lot. I've had opportunities to train people in Secret Service. I've trained people who have been in the Royal Bahamian Police Force. I've trained people who have been in the Navy SEALs. I've trained Army Rangers. And when you're not home and you're on the road, when you go back and you present yourself to your loved one in worse shape than you were when you left over a long period of time, it has a negative impact on your relationship, on your love life, and on your long-term ability to create or keep the vision that you created once you got with the person. 
And I'm telling you this because I want you to understand the, the impact that it has on one, your personal motivation, and two, what it has on your ability to fulfill your vision, and three, what it has on your personal, emotional, and physical health. So, Dr. Ferguson, how do we fix this particular situation? Well, we fix this particular situation with the same way we fix the other one, by controlling what goes on in the eye gate, the mouth gate, and the ear gate. The things that you tell yourself about your own personal health and wellness because of the mind-body connection are very, very important. Now, you say, I can't meal prep. You know, I can't. I don't have no microwave to heat up my food. You don't have any of those things. And some of you all have watched that whole fat, sick, and nearly dead thing when the guy's juicing and hooking up all the stuff. And that's not sustainable, okay? That's, that's not sustainable. What you have to do is the thing that you already do, but you got to put better food in there. You already have a cooler. The, the food that you put in your cooler has to change. When you stop, you got to stop it and you have to buy the vegetables and the fruits and you got to, listen, that, as crazy as it may seem, you can eat a bell pepper. And if you remove salt and all the extra sugar from your food, you'll see that bell peppers taste sweet. You can eat the oranges. You can eat the apples. They're not the healthiest choice available, man, but you can go to Wendy's and you can buy a Wendy's double wrapped in lettuce, no fries. It's all like, uh, you know, when I stop, you know, I, I use a bathroom break or I stop for fuel or things like that. What I did as a driver is because um, you, you do get tired on long drives, you know, and um, breaking up that monotony and getting out of the truck. And, and, and what I would do is even if it was 25 pushups and 25 squats, yeah, okay, it was just that. something that got my blood flowing. Isn't just sitting in one direction all day. It got the blood flowing, got the juices going. Next thing you know, I'm alert again. I'm ready to rock and roll. It, you just got to do little, it, 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 and this goes back to what you said with weight. Um, it, if you're 300 pounds and you want to lose weight, most people start to, and this is going to kind of tie into the next yes. thing we're going to talk about. Most people, they, they, they come in, I want to lose weight so bad. I got to lose weight. So I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. But, but they, don't, they don't realize that that weight doesn't come off like that you know no. it start. it takes time and the first time they get on the scale i only lost a pound oh man all of that work but what they don't see is the small progress that that belt got one loop smaller all right and they're not okay with the small progress for the and they're, not, and they're not celebrating it right and so when it doesn't happen they get frustrated they give up because it didn't happen as quick, their expectation on, on reality on what they wanted didn't happen as quick as they thought it should have. And when that happened like that, they end up either quitting doing it or giving up or going back to the, you know, the, the mental uh, of, uh, I, I can't do this, you know, I, I'm, I'm a loser, I'm so on and so forth. Yeah, because it, it happens because we, we live in, a, in, a, in what we call a microwave society. So I don't, I don't know how old you are, Sean, but I'm 46. So I still, I still, I'm from the generation where I was the remote. My, my dad would say, hey man, get up and change it, put it on channel 33, or get up and change yeah, it. Turn the dial. Yeah, we have to turn yeah, the dial. Get the antennas yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I come from the generation where you had to heat up your food on the stove still. And I come from a generation where there wasn't a dishwasher. 
Yeah, I come from a generation, I come from a generation where mom, I want McDonald's. She said, we got McDonald's at home. <laughs> so I understand what we, what we call the reap and sow process. A lot of people don't understand the reap and sow process and they want things to be done in a microwave fashion. People want microwave popcorn when they hit the button and bam, two and a half minutes popcorn's there. Back in the day, man, you had to put the oil in there. You had to put the kernels in. You had to shake that thing. You had to wait. And then you understood, you understood the, the value of patience. You understood the process. You understood the right timing because you wait too long and the popcorn's burnt. You understand what I'm saying? You undercook it. You don't get all the kernels out. And, and then you understand how to sometimes you have to go back and redo the process, which kids don't want to do, which people don't want to do, which adults don't want to do. Some of the best drivers that have ever entered any fleet, so the ones, the ones that you had, the ones who have gone through the course and have failed the exam oh. and then came back, came back and did it again. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Then passed yeah. Because, of the, because of the resiliency that they got from the process. People want to go outside. They want to plant a seed on Monday. They come out on Tuesday. They want to see a full-grown tree with fruit on it. Like the, the, uh, you say that, say that again. You say oh, that again. I, have, I have no problem. People want to plant a seed on Monday. They want to go to sleep and wake up on Tuesday and walk outside and see a, see a full-grown tree with fruit on it. That's, that's not how it happens. That's not, you didn't get to where your health is overnight and it's not going to improve overnight, but it will improve immediately once you take the steps mentally to do so. I tell my clients this, I own a company called Switch On with, uh, with my business partner. Do not get concerned about the weight. The weight that you are is a reflection of your behavior. Once you change your behavior, the weight on the scale will change. The number one behavior, there's the fork and knife curls. The fork and knife curls get you. In the CDL industry, here's the issue. You work all day. You work all night. And then you're tired and your days are actually longer than most of your nine to fivers out here. You have a longer day. You're driving all day and all night. Once you finish, you believe that you are entitled to have something nice for yourself at the end of the day or at the end of the shift. So you go grab, when do you ever go? You, you can't go out and grab the nice meal. So you do, you go to the Brazilian steakhouse and you say, hey, man, I love going to this city. They got this Brazilian steakhouse, and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to eat these Brazilian steaks, the, the, all this Brazilian meat that they bring over and over again all day. Or you finish your day, and there's nothing open except the McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, and everybody's favorite drum roll, please, Waffle House. Because you can go to Waffle House, you get the grits, the, the, the eggs, the toast, the bacon. We thank God for bacon and everything that is delivered with the bacon grease in the name of Jesus. You can get the bacon. <laughs> Listen, you you can get you can get you can get you can get exactly what you want, and then you go lay down on the food because you got to get up in the morning and you got to go again. But the problem is when you're not moving and you don't have a level a high level of discipline over your mouth gate, it's going to have an impact on how you feel emotionally about yourself, 
And it's also going to have an impact on your overall health and wellness. And when you get down to it, you're going to also impact the amount of money that you can make. Because let me tell you what you can't make money from. The doctor's office, the hospital, and the graveyard. Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and going back to the um, small uh, steps, baby steps, uh, to progress, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I see so so many times is, you know, students, you know, mm-hmm. just, just as in, in the dojo, you, you, your 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 class, your core, your, your 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 students that you're teaching, they they put these expectations, okay? Like for instance, in 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 the school here. There's different backing skills. There's different driving skills. There's different uh, uh, in vehicle inspection skills, and they think, okay, like going to backing skills, for instance, as an example, I want to be able to do this at the end, and when I do it, per- so good as if you know I can I can back up and I can do this maneuver with no pull ups, no you know it's just one shot. I get it right the first time, okay. But what they don't realize is even me as a, as a trainer that's been doing it over a decade in the real world, I still take those pull-ups. I still take them because I don't want to risk, you know, my career. I don't want to risk hitting something or ruining it. So I, I do these fundamental things, no matter what, it's always stick to the fundamentals, even if it, it, it's not perfect, you know, because you, you know, mistakes always happen and you never know things change. So when they when they get out there and they realize, oh crap, I'm I'm not doing it the way I thought I needed to be doing it, then they start getting discouraged. What they don't realize is I don't mind them making the mistakes and I want them to take the pull-ups. They shouldn't be trying to do it perfectly the first time. They need to be taking two or three. You know, and, and at the at the beginning, they're probably gonna take 10. But then, you know, as we progress that week, they might get down to eight, they might get down to six, they might get down to four. That is still passing, but in their head, it wasn't perfect. So they're already now in their mental game destroyed. And to get them past that and over that hump that, hey, it's it's not bad. It's actually good. And that it will work is so hard. So there is a book called Grit, I believe it's by Angela Duckworth. Let me give you let me give you the root of this particular issue because I see it in the dojo all the time. The, the system is the system. The CDL system, the educational system, the K through 12, the system is the system. The inputs in the system change. The students have changed. Most students have been, whenever they come from with a K through 12 background or sport, whenever, whenever wherever they come from, when you get them, they've been told how good they do, or they're really smart, or you're really fast, or you can jump high, you can, and they praise what it is that they do. And that is such a huge mistake. And and Dr. Duckworth talks about this in our book. And you've seen me do this in the dojo. I'm not concerned with you doing it perfect. I want to praise your effort. So those of you who have children, stop telling your kids, man, you're real smart. You're real smart. You're very pretty. Don't tell it. Don't tell your children that, man. Tell your children man, I, I really like the way that you worked hard getting that done. I mean, the effort that you put in that was spectacular. 
And, and the effort is the most important thing, little Jimmy. I like the effort. You tell your daughter, hey, you're a beautiful young lady. Pretty is cool. Tell your daughter, you're a beautiful young lady. I, I, I don't just like the way that your hair and your dress looks. I just, I like your confidence in the way you walk and the way you carry yourself and the way you, you look, you know, you look after your younger brother and then you behave like your mommy behaves and you're picking up the good. Praise the effort and the development of the thing that you see, not the thing that you see, because once they try to do something and they can't deliver on being smart or being fast, or go, they go, they drop right down here because they think that they're a failure because they can't get the thing. The thing that you need to praise is the effort. That's all praise. I want. I, That's I just want to want. Praise, praise the effort. You got some, hey man, let me, let me tell you something, John. Listen, you messed up, but your effort was fantastic. Now, if your effort is fantastic, nine times out of 10, great things are going to happen. And the one time out of 10, when a bad thing happens, that's what they call accidents. And they call them accidents because nobody planned for them to happen. So, man, don't get worried. Don't, don't be worried about making a mistake and don't worry about an accident. Worry about putting all the steps and the measures in place by doing things the right way and making awesome effort. Because let me tell you this, if you put all the right steps in place and an accident happens, but you followed all the steps, the, the negligibility and the liability is super, super low for you. Yeah. That's what it is. Follow the system, follow the steps, and all of us need to learn how to praise effort and give quality effort. I don't, you, you've seen me do this, and I, I used to do this with my son um, all the time, especially when he was competing early. My son would, would get in a judo match, and he'd go out there, and he'd win, and he'd come off the mat, and he, did, he wouldn't do what I say. I'm pissed. I'm pissed like he lost. Because I don't care about you. I don't care about the outcome at that at that level, man. I'm concerned with the development. Did you do what I say? How I said do it. Yeah, but yeah, I I I backed the truck here, right? Did you do what I said as I told you to do it? Yes or no? No. You failed. That, that is so true. Period. Because you know, a, a lot think it's the back you know it's actually no it's the setup okay and you can apply that to martial arts easily because you know um that everyone's like oh i have focus on this back and they're in there and they're just turning the wheel it's just looking like a slithery sneaky snake they're they're going everywhere but they got it in they're so happy they got it in when what i taught them was the setup was the most important thing, the pulling up and, and looking in their mirrors and lining themselves up and making it easier for themselves. So that way, all they got to do is just little bitty corrections as they go back. That's working smarter, not harder. That, that, that's utilizing the setup and the fundamental and how it's being taught. But yet, they want to short, shortcut, circumvent that and just go all over the place trying to do it. But I did it. I did it. Now I feel so good. I got what I wanted out of it. And people don't realize that it's your job to save lives. It's your job. At the end of the day, when you're teaching, you, you have to teach with the understanding that these people are going to be driving and they need to drive in such a fashion that everybody goes home. And out of all the pools of drivers available, I, that population pool, out of all the pools of, of drivers available in every state, everywhere, out of that population pool, 
the instructors are going to come. If they haven't been taught the right way, they won't be able to teach. Somebody that you teach five, 10 years from now is going to end up instructing somebody. And you have to teach all of them as if they were going to instruct. And that part, they think it's about getting a license. It's not getting a license. You have a personal and fiduciary responsibility to them to give them the best training possible so that some grandmother or some dad on the road with a car full of kids is okay. Yeah. It's not about getting an accident and a lawsuit coming to the to the owner of the fleet. That's that's BS. That's the that's the minor issue. That could be resolved. We can't bring people back. And everything that you teach, just like in a dojo, I have to tell everything that you teach is with that end in mind. I tell I tell people at the end of the day, I say, man, I'm teaching you all how to have compassion for people through low-grade violence, which is what it is. I'm also teaching, I said, I'm also teaching the, the women in here how to defend themselves to make it as hard as possible for somebody to reach in the cookie jar and take your cookies. Because some people just want to grab the cookies because the cookies are easy. They grab some cookies and, you know, going about their business. But, man, when it's tough to open up the cookie jar, you just put the cookies down, man. You just put it down. And I said, those are the things that I'm trying to teach you. And I said, it's tough because all you see is me being a hard ass sometimes. But I want to be able to give you the confidence to look a man in the eye and tell him no. To look a to look a young woman in the eye and tell her no. To to be able to have a conversation with people and not be you know turning your head all down and looking at your cell phone when you're talking like to to walk around with confidence with me with, which actually means with faith, confidence, which is with faith, and that faith comes from the belief in yourself and to circumvent go all the way back around, you cannot believe in something that you have not invested in. You have to make the appropriate investments in yourself, in what you watch, what you read, what you say, what you consume, and what you hear and listen to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and then, and then you know, we, we see it every day growing. Uh, you know, you don't do it right, you mess up, you make a mistake. There's there's two ways it happens. Okay, you got the one way. Hey, it happened. All I can do is control my reaction to what happened. Mm, 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 mm -hmm. Then you have the ones that go, "Oh, I'm so mad. I'm gonna take it out." And then they make decisions, choices, and they use their mouth gate, as you say, to to put them into a position that gets them in trouble. Correct. When in, in, in return, had they just relaxed, just calmed down and learned from the mistake, they would progress faster, more, and, it, and people would let them get ahead farther than if you make an excuse or you get mad and it's somebody else's fault. Man, for those people who are in school, or people who are recommending somebody to go to school to get the CDL license. Let me give you this piece of advice. You're not in school to get the license. No. 
You're in school to get the information that's going to help you get the license. If you go to school thinking, hey, I'm going here, I'm just going to get, get, get the license, I'm passing exam, I just need to know what I need to pass it, I just get in. You're so focused on just having the thing, and there are people like this, okay? As a matter of fact, I was one of these people because I did this in school. I had my degree in mechanical engineering. I played three sports in college, football, wrestling, and track. I was on scholarship. I'm a Hall of Famer in my school. I graduated with a 2.54 GPA in engineering. I graduated. I didn't know nothing about engineering. <laughs> but, I, but, I have my, but I have my engineering degree, right? Yeah, but I, I, what, what, I skirted my way through. Every semester, I had midterm deficiencies. I was partying, doing homecoming. I was a great time. My frat brothers, we know your part, you know. And then I'd make it up and study hard at the end just to get by and get through. And voila, you know, I graduated. Now, I'm, I'm no dummy, but I didn't, I couldn't take a hardcore engineering job because I didn't have the skills for it. I had to take that, I took a technical sales job in, in engineering, which was great, and I made a lot of money. But the, the computer-aided design and some of the stuff, I mean, I didn't know it, man. I didn't, I, I, I slid through. Some of you all, Slid through any CDL exam. You get your license. You slid through. There's some, there's some skills that you don't know. There's nothing wrong with going back and brushing up on some of those things. Now, you can keep driving. You can keep driving. And you can learn some stuff as you drive. But there are certain things that you know you don't do well. But why? Because you're driving now, you can just go around and not do those things. And you can hide your deficiencies. And then, and then there are those of you who are in school right now who are listening. You're not in school to get the license. The license is a byproduct of understanding the process and the learning. And you, putting the effort in, like and you put, said. Yeah. And they're putting the effort in. Yeah. Right. It's the effort. If you, ha if you have all those things available, I don't know why people do this. I, I, I see this. And I, I'm, I'm trying to give... I really, I really love doing podcasts like this because we can give people what they, what it is that they need, and as things come, you know. Yeah, there's some of you all who are in CDL school right now, not understanding this, and I, I tell my students this. I say, man, you, when you're in school, you're you're doing an interview. I know you don't like writing them interview letters, man, or calling companies for your students because it's it's cumbersome. But you still got to do it because you're in that position. Like when I was teaching, you got to write the recommendation letter. Like people come to me after people been in a dojo for a while. I got to write recommendation letters for students. Right? You, the first day you step into that school, you're you're interviewing. You want to be able to leave and have the person who was teaching you or the persons who have been teaching you be able to recommend you for positions. And they can't do that if you go in there bullshitting. Yeah. Don't go in there bullshitting, man. Go in, go in there, to go in there with the understanding that this is also the job. This is my first job inside of my industry, so that that person can give you a quality recommendation after you finish, and two, three years down the line can give you another one. Yeah, there's so many that come in where you know, you know, and, and I look, I think about the class, you know, I'm like, oh man. That this one was just amazing. They put forth everything. 
it was the effort every day. Even when they were deficient, they put forth the effort. They effort. powered through. Man, they were amazing. And there were some that you're just like, man, I had to constantly be on them because I wanted it more than they wanted it. Yeah. They were just there, you know? So, so in, in thinking, you know, okay, oh, I need another instructor or, hey, this company calls me. I got an awesome position that pays this X and they're going to get this. Who, who would I recommend? I'm definitely recommending that first one because they put forth the effort. And I know if I put my name on this, they're going to represent right. Exactly. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, too, people don't say you run a business and graduation rates are, are and <laughs> and licensing rates are important, too. Yeah. So even when somebody's not motivated, you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want this person to drop out of my program. I got to make sure I got to. I got to push him through it. And then hopefully he'll get a catch in about a week yeah. or two. Hopefully it'll catch it. Right. Because, because you always have to believe that it will catch. Yeah. Because that's just the life of a teacher and a coach. You got to believe, you got to believe it a catch. And some people get it now. Some people get it 10 years from now. Some people will get it on this podcast, but we, we, we say it in hopes that it will catch. And the unfortunate part is some people never get it. So true. Some people never get it. And, and then you have to back up. You got you to back up and say, hey, man, truck. Yeah, you got to say truck it. Truck <laughs> <laughs> it. You just truck it, man. You got to just say truck it, man. Truck That's it, man. It's like, just <laughs> truck it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the, the final points I wanted to kind of bring up here is um, you, you know how when you're you're teaching somebody, and you've given them the fundamentals that's needed. You've broken it down. You you you've made sure that they have progressed in a way that you feel they're they're ready for a competition, right? And and you've seen them be able to do it, and they're able to actually go in there and they have a good chance. You're you're solid feeling about it. You've given them the the tools. You've given them the the skills. Uh, you've given them the mental. You've shown them what's going to actually happen. I'm, I'm talking about you've laid it out there on the line of this is what is going to happen now. Then, th then they're going to tell you to do this. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, th 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 it's going to match. It's going to happen this way. And then this is how you're going to get through it. But then you, you, you watch them get there to that final piece. And they act as if they've never done it their entire life. And they do nothing that they've ever been taught. And they, cause they let their nerves, they're not, they're not confident in their own ability. They're not, they're not remembering. They let their nerves and the stress of what they, oh, I gotta get this so bad. Cause I got no job and I haven't been working for three, four weeks and I'm not making money and, and I gotta pass this. And they let all the stress and all the outside issues just rot all that they know and they perform like they've never done it their entire life. So there is, there's a couple reasons why that happened, but the, the base reason why it happens comes out of a book by called uh, thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's called um, the system one. I, and this, this is in psychology. It's, it's system one and system two thinking. Um, I might have it backwards, but system one is when 
you're doing a task and there's just subconscious competence. You just, you do it over and over. You've done it over and over again. You just know how to do it. But sometimes the brain switches over to what's called system two thinking, where you start thinking about every step of the movement as if it was your first time learning it and you have no confidence in the steps as you do them. We saw this happen with Simone Biles um, at the Olympics, where she said she had the twisties. Well, the twisties or choking or whatever choking mechanism that happens inside of any sport happens when there is a cognitive or physical or physiological disconnect with this natural skill set that you've developed or have to the point where you're almost like a beginner again like you can't orientate yourself you don't you don't remember exactly what order i should flick this switch in or put this gear in and why and how to gear up or get down or how to back out but you just you forget as if somebody never told you anything some of this you can fix some of it you can't fix you can't fix it when it is a when you feel like it's an insurmountable amount of pressure now here's how i do it in a dojo and here's how you have to do it when you're teaching now the problem is is that people aren't going to agree with what i say right now and that's okay there's a level of emotional stress and duress as an instructor that you have to put on somebody when you know that a possible outcome of a thing is death. If I have guys that are fighting in the judo match, jujitsu match, death is a possibility when you sign the waiver. If I'm training somebody for MMA, death is a possibility. I'm training a guy right now for boxing. Death is a possibility. So I have to train them with the understanding that it is possible for you to die. With that being said, the stress that I put on the person. I might sometimes demean them. I might call them names. I might push them in the corner. I might, I might, I'll tell them whatever I need to tell them. That is the equivalent to having the volume up high when you're looking for an address. Everybody, when they're looking for an address, they turn the volume down. Why do they turn the volume? They turn the volume down because that part of their brain, they need to concentrate on the address so they can find the house. I turn the volume up because I want you to be able to find the house with the volume up. Because as much as you train, you the the you need to be able to do what you do under duress. So in the beginning of the training process, don't turn your radio on, don't turn anything on, don't turn so and so on. Let everybody just train nice, and then train with the music on. Train with walk up to the guy, accidentally spill some stuff on his on his shirt, and and then don't don't apologize. And they say, hey man, you didn't apologize. Yeah, I'm not apologizing today. I'm apologizing tomorrow. Now, they're going to think that you're an asshole then, not understand that you're creating an environment of stress and duress and things in their life so that they can operate under those conditions, right? So now I'm parking, I'm going to park one truck super, super close to you, and then I'm going to park a car super, super close, and I'm going to tell you, hey, man, you need to get out. I can't get out here. The reason why you can't get out is because you just said you couldn't. Because somebody got in there, and if you can get in there, you can get out. Now, we have trucks that yeah, they can bump, and it's not going to matter when you're training. You got cars that you got that they can bump, that it's not going to matter if they bump But in the training process. But 
it also needs to be a level of duress and stress that you can handle and get over so that you can get, you can increase your mental toughness along with your mental acuity. Because if everything is just easy and the air conditioning is on the truck and things are going all right and, the, and, and no lights come on and everything, as soon as one thing like that happens, everything hits the, yeah, the SHIT hits the van. You're done. You're done. So what, what you have to do in the training process is you have to be, unfortunately, a mild level asshole to the people while they're training. I'm so glad you're saying that because that validates us. No, you have you have to be like I if you love what it is that you do, you can't be concerned with the people liking you. Just like a parent. You, you, you yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here, I'm to, here get... to be your friend. Michael, <laughs> listen, Michael Jordan, for those people who watched The Last Dance, Michael Jordan had no intention of being the, a friend of his teammates. None. No intention. He had the intention to be a championship team. Oh, yeah. The way he pushed Scotty Burrell, I'm talking about he was riding him left and right the whole time, making fun of him, cracking on him. Pushing him, and you know what? He's never played better in his life. Today. Never played better, and 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 some of those guys, like I, Horace Grant, to this day doesn't like Michael Jordan. But he got he has rings. Yeah, he has respect. That's it. And you could tell you when you when you guys finish, you say, "Hey, man, I don't care if you don't like me. What I want is I want you for your kids to have a dad or mom that comes home." every week, every couple of days, because you followed what you learned here. Yeah, I, I, I tell them all the time, I said, you may not like me this week when I'm teaching them. I said, you may not like me this week because I'm gonna push you, but I'm gonna guarantee you when you get done, you get out of here and you got your whole life changed, you're gonna love me. And right. I, and because and, and, the outcome justifies the means. It does. So there's a there's a book that I just recently read called um, Winning by Tim Grover. And those of you who are listening, when you have people around you who you respect, when they mention books, man, get the book, man. Oh, yeah. Get the book. And, and all of you all have either, you know, you, you have Audible on your phones. You, you have to because you're listening to books more than you're reading books because you're on the road. That book, Winning by Tim Grover and Relentless by Tim Grover, those are some great books for you and for your personal development. Um, I, I I could not recommend any other book as highly as I recommend those. But I do, I will tell you that the book Grit by Angela Duckworth is great. Is great. The book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman is a if you're not a quant, I mean, if you're not a quantitative guy, um, that book will put you to sleep. That is not an easy read. You broke up on me. I really enjoy those type of discussions. I said, I, I really like that book, but I really enjoy those type of discussions and thinking fast and slow. But it's not an easy read. That's it. I mean, that, the, the hard part is, man, is... Um, 
you and I have the same issue that a lot of people don't have when, when they're teaching. You have to teach and coach. Most people at the bottom level just teach. People at the top level just coach. Like Serena Williams coach doesn't have to teach Serena. She's coaching Serena and making adjustments to her game, but he's coaching, which is, and I love coaching. Oh my God. Coaching is so much easier than teaching. Now, coaching is not easy, but it's easier than teaching. Yeah. Like when they've already passed, like what job or what this, or yes. hey, I, I did this, what do you recommend? Or, hey, I want to start my own business. Oh, so go down this. But that's coaching. That's coaching. Easy. That's coaching, man. You tell it. You tell it. You you telling the guys, hey, man, these are the places you need to stop at. Here's why. When you get in this area, call this dude. Here's why you should call him. Make sure you get what you make sure you get a financial advisor on hand as soon as you get your first job. Because you got, but but that stuff they don't know. Some of those things they don't know. And hey, man, here's there's a couple of tax guys that we know in the industry that can help you because you're not home. You you're not gonna be able to sit down with anybody but they understand the industry and what you need and how you need to do your write-offs, et cetera, so that you don't get audited because you don't have time to get audited when you're on the road. So some of your stuff has to be squeaky clean. You know, you can't skirt the line. You understand what I'm saying? Like these, these that, that, that's coaching. That's coaching. The teaching part. Oh my gosh. Here are the gear. Here's the gear shift. You have first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, sixth gear, seventh gear, and eighth gear. What you'll notice is this is not the same as a car where you have so that <laughs> yeah, exactly like it, like go, but you have to you have to teach all that stuff. Here's here's where you need to have your arms on the steering wheel. All right, it is very it's very similar to a car, but it's not the same as a car. Why? Because the radius of the but you have to that's. Oh my gosh, and it's and it gets boring. Oh yeah. It it gets boring to the point where you're like, oh my God, can I get to, to can we fast forward to week five and six so I can start coaching what I've already taught? You know what I mean? And then what you got, you gotta go back and then start teaching again. You know, but and I say the tough part to make to make the point because you have to be so loving when you're teaching. Because you're you're trying to you're trying to permeate the fabric of the person's mind. You're trying to imprint new skills and provide new technique and give new information. And then once that stuff is a little bit matted down, now we gotta start coaching. And the coaching now is I, now I need you to do what I've taught you in different environments under different conditions with critical thinking skills and then and i got to create the setups and, and make it a little bit difficult and then make it easy and then coax and coach you along and then i gotta push you and then i gotta ruffle your feathers and then i gotta stroke you a little bit and tell you you're doing a good job and that man and you you go through all this and, get, and when you look at me and say did i do it right and you say did you what you're asking me for i'm not driving i mean i told you what to do didn't i what did you do what I told you? Well, if you did what I told you, then fine. If you didn't do what I told you, then then fix it. Well, I, I I'm not here to give you the answer, son. I mean, I either you did what you're supposed to do or not. Are, are you are you finished? Yes, I'm finished. You that's a fail. You got it wrong. What part did I do wrong? You tell me what part you did wrong. Don't you know all the parts? 
Well, I, do you know all the steps or not? No, I don't. Well, that's why you got it wrong. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that sounds like an assholeish way. But what you're actually doing is you're coaching the person to pay attention to detail. To pay attention to the details of what I taught you. Because now, not only are you wasting my time, you're wasting everybody's collective time because now we got to go back over and teach you what we already taught you. Oh, that, that, I hate that part. And, 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 and they don't really realize how good they have it because, you know, like, like obviously the, the, the parking spot that they're going to be on their, on their main test is going to be a certain width, certain length, certain all this stuff. But I make it all harder. I, I squeeze it in. The, right. the ground itself, they're doing a, you know, it is is not perfectly flat. It's uh, got bumps. It's got things on purpose to send the trailer, you know, yeah. and, and make them have to run The uneven on purpose. Yeah, it's it's on purpose. They're on a slight incline or everything is is on the intention, intention of making it harder. Harder. So that way, once they get there, it's like shooting a basketball, you know, through this. But then once they get there, it's like this, you know. Now it's easier. There should be no reason. Because I know the moment that clipboard comes out, their mind just goes. Right. Right. And they should just have that confidence and that ingrained uh, I know what I'm doing, and I know that you bring the clipboard out and give them exams when there are no exams You're to, right. make them, to make them feel like we're doing an exam today. Oh, and then, yeah. And you got to oh, tell them, you gotta, you gotta, and then when they get done, you say, hey, man, I'm going to let you know that you, you failed today. And, and. Oh, here and, come the excuses. And, oh, right, yeah. right, they got it. And, and let me tell you something. And, and we're gonna have to consider putting you out the program. Yeah. And you gotta say, yes, now that is a discussion that we would have next week. But I did a mock exam today so that you can know what you need to fix. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, 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 do, you do it all the time. You gotta do it all the time. So funny story, I, I had this, this uh, wonderful lady and um, she was so intellectual and overthinking, you know, like, like, you know, I, I put it to him like this way, like we're, we're going somewhere and, and we're trying to get somewhere and I'm lost. I ain't asking for directions. I'm a, I, I, that's the kind of guy I am. I, I'm just going to sit here and figure it out. I'm going to keep going around in circles till I make the right move. <laughs> we're going to find it. Whereas you, you stop, you ask for directions. You want to know how, why, when, where. You're overthinking it to the, this point. You're sitting in there, okay, well, if I do it this way, then this is going to happen instead of being reactive and going for it and, and having that that quick thinking. So in that moment, because uh, uh, she was telling me, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't get it. So I said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Clipboard came out. I said, you have 40 seconds to take it from here and put it there. And if you can't do that, then you're right. You can't do it, and I guess you don't belong here. I guarantee you that whole time she's thinking, because she hears me start out the county. I didn't finish it. I, it. It was probably a whole minute that she was doing it. But I start one, two, oh, oh, oh. She's only thinking about I got to get it done in the sense of one, two, three, four, being counted. She's not thinking about all those other things she was when she was doing it and put it in there 
like she's been doing it her whole life. One shot, one try, one kill, done. Where was that this whole time? Where was it the whole time? Yeah. It's, I, I, you're putting, you're getting your own, you're getting in front of your own self. Yep. You get, and that, and that is the art and science of coaching. Yeah. You, you had, you had to coach her up. You had to inst- see that is the part of the process where we have to inspire people. And if you look at the word inspire, it means to put breath in the person or to put life inside of the person. So when, when you inspire somebody, you actually change their life because what her life was a minute before that was the life of somebody who was literally going to put themselves out of a program. If she kept going in that direction, the trajectory of that thinking would put her out of the program. But if you don't inspire her to do something different, to think differently via a different motivation vehicle, she's out. Yeah. She's done. And for, and for people who don't know, and I, I went to the Olympics, but there, there are actually three forms of competition. There's man, there's man versus man, all right? There's man versus time, and then man versus an apparatus. That's it. Those, those are, those are, those, that's it. Every Olympic sport is like that. It's man versus man. You're a human being versus human being. I'm 46, it's man is the default. I don't have time to get in that discussion. I'm, I love everybody. <laughs> it's man versus man, man versus time, or man versus apparatus. And what you gave her was an opportunity because the man versus man is sometimes man versus himself. Like she had to deal with the, the internal fight on her own. And she had to deal with the fight of the clock and then deal with the fight with the vehicle. And she was able to win where she thought she was going to lose. And that is a life-changing experience, no matter how small people think it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I say this, I say that to say this, um, as we get ready to close, because our time is winding out, those of y'all who are listening, take the time and the moment to be an inspiration to someone else. And take the time and the moment to be an inspiration to yourself by breathing a new breath of life inside of your life and inside the lives of others. And and the way that you do that is that you pay attention to to, to the moments that occur in life. All the moments, the good ones and the bad ones, because the the good ones are sent there as a reward and the bad ones are sent there so that you understand how precious the good ones are. They're not sent to beat you down. They're sent to help you become strong. A lot of times we think about some of the bad things that are happening in our life and we start focusing in on on how bad things feel at this particular time and not being thankful for these things that are coming and what they're going to produce later. I can tell you this, man. I'm somebody who has had friends die of COVID. I've been through a divorce. I've had multiple surgeries and I'm thankful and grateful for each and all of those experiences because where I sit today is in a position that 
I could not have dreamed of. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a black male inside the United States who's a, a top earner, who has wonderful children, who owns multiple businesses, and and I, I'm thankful and grateful to be able to speak to people, to motivate people and inspire people in ways and forms and fashion that I, I never thought I never even thought available. And, and you I, haven't thought about all the people that you have touched and how much you have changed their lives. Yeah, man. I guarantee you being one of them. Uh, Praise the Lord, what brother. You brought in, it, I mean, what you've brought to the table has changed people that, that, that reward right there. You'll never know. I appreciate that, brother. It's, it's something, man. It's, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes in my, uh, in my life, I tell the kids, man, there's times when I get, I leave the dojo and I sit in my car and cry in the driveway um, because you just, parents come in that building and they actually put the life of their children in your hands. And it's crazy sometimes when I, you know, I get calls from parents at night uh, after practice and they're yelling and screaming and I like, and I said, I appreciate your feedback. I said, but if you really think about it, you're actually outsourcing the stuff that you don't want to have to do to me so that you don't have to do it. And I said, I said, so that your relationship with your children can stay healthy while I do the job that I need to do while we get them where they need to be. And you don't see it then because yeah, you don't get that immediate gratification. No, you don't. What you get is the feedback from from your spouse or from the mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it all the time. I get it where they're they're upset. Oh, But then you know what? There's been there's been quite a few times where years later, because I've been I've been teaching and doing this for for a long almost a decade, and um, they come back and go, man, I'm where I'm at right now because wow. of you. And that right there, you rarely get because it it takes years to develop. It takes years for them to get to that point, for that, for them to have the epiphany, man. People walk back in the dojo and they tell you, hey, man, thank you for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. They come back and they've graduated from college. Like, it's weird stuff, man. I mean, it's absolutely... It's, it's 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 humbling when you when you when you when you experience it. It is truly truly humbling. It's, it's one of the things that keeps me doing what I do. I mean, I could I could live, man, without owning a dojo. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, that's not you can do the math and then count right now. I could go be a driver right now, making way more money a week at the rates that they keep going up right now. Right, right. They're teaching, you know, it, it, you do it because you love it. You do it because you love it, man. And at the end of the day, I need it. You know, I, I need it. I mean, I need to do what it is that I'm called to do and what I'm chosen to do. You know, it's, man, it's that, and I want to I say this, man, because before we get off, because it, and certain things come to me at certain times. Um, one of the books that I read, and I, I tell you, I, I don't have any problem quoting the Bible every once in a while, but the, the Bible speaks about many are called, but few are chosen. And operating inside of your calling 
is important. And you may have been called to drive. Some of you who are driving, listen, you might have been called. That, that, that's what you do, that you've been called to drive. But as you're driving and as you're operating inside of your calling as a provider and as you're operating inside of your calling as a parent, take that time. And, and, I, and I say this with the, with the, with the, the utmost amount of pregnancy and importance to find out what you're chosen to do. You can operate in your calling, and you have to operate within your calling. But then there's a level of, of, of spiritual and emotional depth that you that you attain when you when you find out what you've been chosen to do. And what you've been chosen to do, only you can do it. Only you can do it. But it's not going to happen if you if everything is not aligned and everything is not in line. I want to say this. You have to be, the, the Bible speaks about present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And a lot of people get caught up on the holiness part, but you also have to get caught up on the acceptable part. So making sure that you're aligned and your health and wellness is good and you're putting the right things in your system and you're eating the right things is important. And then going back to listening to the right things and reading the right things is important and creating the, the right vision and looking at the right things are important because you will only operate in your calling until you start lining up the, the correct things that you consume in and out of your eye gate, ear gate, and mouth gate. The things that you say, the things that you watch, and the things that you hear, you have to be so emotionally and spiritually calibrated that you can remove the static out of your life so that you can move from your calling and into what you have, you are chosen to do. Some of you all have been chosen to write children's books. Some of you have been chosen to uh, do podcasts and change the world. Some of you have been chosen to become financial advisors. Some of you have been chosen to become the, 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 um, the, the head of the, of, of the PTA in your community for the next 15, 20 years. Some of you have been chosen to run for political office. Some of you have been chosen to, create coaching programs for other drivers. Some of, some of you guys have been chosen to become just phenomenal parents. That's, that's what you've just been chosen to do and to populate the world. Which like, You cannot operate, you cannot operate in what you've been chosen, chosen to do until you fully and completely operate in the right emotional and spiritual alignment with your calling. And if you don't go, if you don't do anything else from listening to this podcast today, I would highly encourage you to start moving your your behaviors in such a fashion which allow you to get in personal and spiritual and emotional alignment. One who created you, you so that you can operate also not only what you've been called to do, but in what you've been chosen to do. Now, that's me. I don't like the, I think I even said it with a, in a good way. I don't like to browbeat people with what I believe in, but I do know that what I believe in works and I can't get off a, a, 
I can't get off an, a, an electronic transmission without giving you that thing that I know that's going to help you. So that's the way I got to give it to you. And I didn't do it because I like you. I do it because I love you. Thank you for everything, uh, Dr. Ferguson. I, I really appreciate you coming on this podcast. Uh, it was great talking to you. Uh, the, the insight it was abounding. And uh, uh, we, we appreciate all you do and that you keep doing it. Um, and, uh, man, couldn't say it better myself. Thank all right, man. I appreciate it, man. I, I like to tell people, man, if you'd like to grab my book, Coffee with Rod D, it's, uh, you can find it at www.coffeewithrodd.com. You spell my name, R-H-A-D-I, that's Roddy Ferguson. I have my own podcast, too, my own personal productivity podcast. That when oh, you listen, tell when us you about listen, Switch On. Tell us about Switch On. Yeah, okay. But when you listen to the Truck It podcast, you want to listen to the uh, my podcast next. And then I have my company, Switch On. Uh, you can go to www.switchoncoach.com. And, and you can join the Switch On Nation for 100% free. And we also have a, a great health and wellness plan that's 100% free. That's called Drop 7 and 7. You drop 7 pounds in 7 days. You go to www.drop, and that's the number 7, I-N, the number 7, dot com. You got certain fruits and vegetables that you eat. It's absolutely fantastic. We outline the whole program for you. It's 100% free. Uh, we say Jesus paid it all. And uh, you can uh, you can get on that man and just and and ride in your truck and eat all day and lose weight. It's absolutely fantastic. You can graze all day. You can also follow us on Instagram. Switch on coach. You can follow me, Roddy Ferguson. And if you're the martial arts type, you can go to TampaFloridaJudo.net or follow um, at TampaFloridaJudo on Instagram. Hey Sean, man, I really love you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, slap your uh, your kids in the back of the head for me, and tell your wife I said hello. We'll do. All Say right, hello to the kids too for me and, and and the rest of everybody. All right, especially yes, your parents. Love them to death. All right, Hope man. Great. Yes, sir. Take care, man. All right. See you. Bye. Be blessed. Bye, bye.